Welcome to Sacred Intersections Podcast, where we navigate the twisty roads of harmful theology, mental health, and religious abuse. I'm Jill. I'm an ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church USA. And I'm Paula. I'm a licensed counselor and a counseling professor. And Jill, we are in episode four. A new hope. (laughs) That is an A-plus Star Wars reference. I feel like I need to get all of the points for that. I don't know a lot about the star movies, but... Star movies. (laughs) Well, I'm not as big a fan probably as your husband, but I I am a huge fan, so I do love a good Star Wars reference. And we should probably warn our listeners that we're a little punchy, so (laughs) y'all may get some good bloopers out of this intro that we've done several times. But um, we are in our fourth episode, and we thought that we would talk a little bit about holiday stress and the ways that the church perhaps contributes to some of that stress. But before we get into that, we, we got to talk about our listeners. Um, yeah, Paul, have you seen the analytics of our podcast? We're like, we're, we're worldwide. We are almost. super international. Yeah. Last time we recorded, we only had Canada at the time of recording and we love Canada. We love you, Canada. We even got to hear from one of our Canadian listeners and interact with it them. Great so to hear awesome. from you. We're super excited about it. And we made it to a few more countries. Yeah. So hello, Australia. Australia. South Korea. We love you, South Korea. New Zealand. This is very exciting. The UK. Uh-huh. I think we also got into South America. Did, did I see Brazil on there? Brazil. Yeah. Germany. We, we've got North America. We've got South America. We've got Europe. We've got Asia. We've got Australia. We'd be really excited to welcome some folks from the continent of Africa. Um, one of our earlier attempts at taking through this, we've had a couple of blooper reels already, friends. Um, we talked about the idea of perhaps having a listener in Antarctica. And the picture that I have in my head, that's probably a little bit more stereotypical than it should be of someone in a weather station wearing a parka with penguins surrounded on them, uh, you know, cuddling up to their computer and maybe leaving us a review on the Apple podcast. <laughs> See, I liked the idea of the penguin being our listener as well, but that's much more stereotypical. Antarctica, so. if you feel like you want to listen to us, we are very excited to have you around. We love you all. We really just are so grateful for how this is reaching so many people and so many just wonderful emails that we have received. We have, I think we both sobbed this week with some of the messages that listeners have sent us. And just to know that this is perhaps touching one person's experience is really amazing. So... And we really do hope to be able to build a community around this. And um, we say it, and it might sound fake, but it's not. We really like you, and we're really excited that you're coming on this journey with us. Um, In addition to tracking countries, we've also been able to attract states, and we can see who from what state is listening to us, which, like you said, it's not too much of a Big Brother thing. But um, I noticed that my home state of New Jersey – is not on the list. What's so up, New, New Jersey? Jersey, the Garden State, home of the best pizza and the best bagels. I will fight you on it. <laughs> uh, we'd love to have some Jersey listeners. So come on, uh, let us know who you are. And while we're on the subject of that, we want to come up with some fun names for we, our community. We do. While you're thinking of fun names, we also, with the states, we have a goal of getting to all 50 states. Yes. So we're going to target one state a week until we get you all. Yeah. So this week is New Jersey. Come so on, you, Jersey. So 
obviously we don't have listeners in New Jersey, so they're not hearing this. But if you know someone in New Jersey, send them our podcast. Don't make Jill and I have to travel the country, especially when it's not safe to travel right now. Right. But we will if we have to eventually to get to all 50 states and listen to our podcast in all 50 states. And and there's some IT guy or some data guy going, that's not how it works. Probably (laughs) really annoyed with us right now. But, but if we went to New Jersey, we could have some of the best bagels mm, in the country. I do love bagels. Yeah. So maybe we maybe New Jersey can we can go be the listener in New Jersey. Sure. If we don't get any New Jerseys. Yeah. But we do, like you said, we want to come up with a fun name for our listeners. You know, other podcasts have little have names that they call their listeners, and we have a few ideas. But we really want to hear from y'all too. What do you want us to call you? One of the ideas that we have is that you are our fellow travelers through all of these sacred intersections. You're our FTs. So that's one thought uh, that we have. If you have other suggestions, you can interact with us on social media. You can come and check out our new website. (laughs) I'm really excited about the fact that we have a new website, sacredintersectionspodcast.com. Yeah. But let's let's talk a little bit about the holidays. It's the uh, week after Thanksgiving. We just, in America, at least, celebrated American Thanksgiving last this past Thursday. Uh, so holidays are fresh. We are officially in the holiday season, even though it feels like the holiday season started months ago in, like, retail centers. But um, let's talk about holidays let's and talk. stress and the church and mental health. Yeah, I think this wasn't the episode that we really – anticipated being our first topical episode because we're so passionate about so many other issues but as we talked about it this one just seemed to make sense yeah for this time of year of being right in the throes of of the holiday season and knowing that this holiday season is much different than past holiday seasons um if you're listening to this at some point in the future we're recording this at the end of november 2020 which means we are right in the middle of covid and numbers increasing and so we know that's going to overlay everything but holidays even in the best of times just can wind up being super stressful they really can as you and i were talking about where mental health and the church intersect in a sacred way around uh around this particular topic as i think a lot about expectations there's a lot of cultural expectations but there's a lot of expectations about how your mental health is supposed to be around the holidays. There's a lot of expectations about what church is supposed to be around the holidays. And I think expectations in and of themselves can create stress for folks. Yeah. Yeah. I think you some, I think if we, yeah, if we were to sum up holiday stress in one word, it is exactly what you said is expectations. It's the shoulds in air quotes. It's the supposed to so you like you kept saying supposed to I don't know if you even realized that you were yeah. saying what church is supposed to be and what family is supposed to be and what gifts are supposed to be um so yeah so just a quick overview of where we see people stress out in general and then we can get a little bit more into how the church and Christianity perhaps in particular and religion um, but the expectations you mentioned, there's lots of family demands around the holidays. We're going to talk a lot about that. There's f- the financial piece where yes. we're pressured to spend a lot of money. There's all of the time, all the demands on our time. And, you know, this time that's a break for some people, uh, but also winds up being busier and having more obligations. Right. <laughs> than and, the, and the value that's placed on being busy around holidays. Yeah. My calendar is full. I'm, I'm 
these are all the demands on my time mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's definitely, definitely time and obligations and being busy. Yeah. And a lot of the coping that we do with things can get amped up at the holidays where we've got a lot more food around us. We've got more alcohol available, perhaps, for some people. Um, and it's a really a time where grief can be really amplified. That goes back to the expectations and what we've the the construct of the holidays that we've the meaning that we've put on the holidays and how loneliness can be amplified um, for those of us in the northern hemisphere because we have multiple listeners we're in multiple <laughs> hemispheres so exciting but for those of us you know in our area that it's normal to for seasonal affective disorder or sad yes. to be kicking in and yeah. it's getting dark really early right and there are literally less hours of daylight and so the talking about dark times and um, you've used the phrase before dark nights of the soul Mm -hmm. and um, yeah I mean the winter solstice here in the northern hemisphere is on December 21st when uh, it's the shortest amount of daylight hours the longest night Hmm. Uh, so we'll come back to talking later in the episode about the longest night yeah what that what that is like but there there's a lot of things coming at us from a lot of different angles around this holiday season and some of it's coming from the church and in some ways I think the church is playing into mm-hmm. um, some some of the, the other cultural expectations um, and I think there's there's more of those shoulds and supposed to be's and ought to be's and expectations. Yeah, yeah talk a little bit about because you alluded to this last week talk a little bit just when we thought when you thought about this topic from that theological perspective and from that pastor perspective kind of what overall so i just listed i just made a list of of the mental health things that we tend to see more of around the holidays people taking less care of themselves and having all those extra stressors there but what are some things that came to your mind from your through your pastor lens well so i think about two things theologically the the first thing that i think about is that in those expectations and there's shoulds and ought to be's, there is an expectation about how church is supposed to be. Um, church professionals, ministers and church musicians and youth directors and children's directors, um, we do get busier around the holidays. We, we, there is this expectation that uh, your, your sermons are going to be a higher caliber and your church music is going to be a higher caliber because there are more people feasibly coming to church. And mm-hmm. this is the... This is our busy season. This is our high season. So we have to be at our best. Uh, in the same way, we have many church professionals who have these words for uh, or names or titles for folks who don't come to church very often. Sometimes they're C and E. This is in the Christian church, but C and E Christians or Christers, the, the folks who might only come to church on Christmas Eve and on Easter Sunday. Mm. Uh, so I've and, always heard, yeah, Easter's your Super Bowl. I don't know what we call Christmas, but yeah. I've always heard Easter being your Super Bowl. Right. But there's, so there's a lot of expectations about how things are and how things should be. And all of our Christmas music and all of our children's Christmas pageants and everything is pointing to joy, pointing to uh, joy to the world and excitement and, and anticipation. All things merry and bright. Yes. All, everything is merry and bright. And there is not this space where it's not okay to not be okay. Uh, so that's a, a way I think that both church and culture play into making the holidays more stressful because there really isn't space to not be okay. But I also think about the ways in which 
holidays are uh, a chance to worship and gather and celebrate something about God. Because when we're talking about, particularly about worship services, and being the church is not 100% about just worship services. There's there's fellowship, and there's Christian education, and there's Mm -hmm. mission, and service, and there's a lot of other stuff that goes into being the church. But when we look at worship services, all of our worship, we always want to be pointing to God. And so that's another stressor around holidays because not every holiday with the air quotes is a liturgical holiday or a theological holiday. So this is a nerd alert for Jill. This is a nerd alert for me. So Thanksgiving, this is like one of my soapboxes. Thanksgiving is not a liturgical holiday. It's not something that's written into the Bible that we are supposed to celebrate. It is absolutely a theological concept. Gratitude and Thanksgiving are a huge part of our theology and and how we understand our relationship with God and with one another. But the fourth Thursday in November in the United States is not a day when we are necessarily called to come together and 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 worship. Um, I, I get on my soapbox about like Mother's Day and Father's Day and Valentine's Day and, and Veterans Day, all of which are really important days to celebrate mothers and fathers and veterans and people who are in love. But that doesn't necessarily point to God. And our worship is supposed to point to God. And so when we're worshiping uh, around Christmas in particular, we want our worship to point to God. We want to point to God that came on earth incarnate in Jesus Christ, Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, and Jesus' ministry. And we don't necessarily need to be pointing to how beautifully our sanctuary is decorated or the um, the caliber of the Christmas cantata that the choir has been practicing for months on end to sing. Yes, those things are beautiful and they enhance our worship. But when it becomes us worrying more about the costumes for the Christmas pageant or the bows on the wreaths, we're, we're missing the theological drive behind yeah. the holidays. Yeah, and I think that's important to make that distinction because, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording how we don't want this podcast to become a bashing the church. We don't want this podcast to become right. a bashing religion. And so, so that's not what we're saying here. We're not saying that beautiful cantatas are bad. They're Correct. beautiful. Yes. Beautiful sanctuary. Our sanctuaries beautiful when it's decorated right. for church. And that's, and you know, when you drive around and you look at Christmas lights, that's not a bad thing. It's just not the, it's just when that becomes the idol versus, I don't know. I don't think I'm saying that correctly, but. Right. So uh, I have a story. <laughs> So the very first church that I served um, as a church professional after finishing grad school, right after I got married, uh, is a church that's very near and dear to my heart. And on Christmas Eve every year, they would have this five o'clock Christmas Eve family service. And it was a Christmas pageant, but it was, we called it the impromptu Christmas pageant. And all of the children would come dressed as one of the characters from the nativity and there were certain thoughts and expectations behind like you know if you had been in a baller you know in a a dance 
performance earlier in the year and you had a tutu or something like that, maybe you wore your tutu to church on Christmas Eve. So some children dressed as shepherds and some children dressed as wise men or wise people, uh, some dressed as animals and some dressed as angels. And what this church found was that it became a community event. And so there were people showing up from the community who weren't necessarily aware that they needed to come dressed up. And so we determined that we would have a costume booth in the Mm -hmm. back in the narthex. (laughs) That's a churchy word for like the lobby in the back of the sanctuary where anyone who showed up could dress up however they wanted to. So the youth of the church and their youth pastor and I, and we would narrate the Christmas story. And then anytime there was a break, a certain Christmas hymn would be sung and all the, all, you know, we would sing angels we have heard on high and all the little kids dressed up as angels would come and stand. So by the end of the worship service, every child in the sanctuary is standing up in the, the chancel up front and in the choir loft and everything. And we would have, we did have a lobster one year. We had uh, Batman. We had Blue from Blue's Clues. There was a hedgehog one year. We would have all of these children. And somehow, miraculously, it wasn't about all the kids and what they were dressed up as. It was about the inclusive community and everyone all being together. Mm -hmm. And somehow... All of that still pointed to Jesus and that beloved community that Jesus promotes. And it was this beautiful way of the holidays not being a stressful thing. Hopefully mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or whoever was getting the kids dressed was not stressing out at home of, you have to wear this certain special thing for this certain special Christmas pageant. But it was pointing to God and it was pointing to God incarnate and all the way that God brings joy through family, through our church family. And it was one of my favorite days every year because we Mm. got to see, like, the little kid that wandered in off the street who wanted to be a wise person and ended up looking like the Travelocity roaming gnome (laughs) with, like, the little beard and everything. And little boys would come in their bathrobes. And it was such a sacred, fun, beautiful way of celebrating Christmas that was inclusive and celebratory and joyful but it still pointed to God. And that's yeah. that's the most important part that I get to is that our worship is is meant to point to God. And that hopefully it didn't become a performative, I have to do this exactly right to be okay to be up in front of the church. I have to feel this pressure to perform for God, to feel, perform for all the congregation. I can be fully present and just have a good experience in church. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that it was, I hope it was a good experience for all the families, when I for the five years that I served that congregation, it was a joy every year to be a part of that. Yeah, and I think that's that's what we're talking about is that these things that that churches do, that Christians do, that that different faith communities do are not bad in and of itself. But we've used that term twisted before, and that's kind of what we're looking at is when these beautiful gifts that can be celebratory really get twisted into things that become stressful for us or that become um, things that just make us, that turn us into bah humbugs instead of of the celebration of it. Yes, yeah. And I think theologically too, we who follow Jesus are are trying to exemplify Jesus's inclusiveness. And so we want everyone to feel like they're a part of things and to feel included. 
And so when the church creates these expectations that you have to be merry and bright and you have to be dressed a certain way to come and worship or you have to be feeling a certain way, that there's not room for brokenness around mm-hmm. the holidays, that there's not room for grief. Yeah. I, that there's I just not keep... room for boundaries with your family. Exactly. Well, and I just keep going back to this phrase that it's okay not to be okay. And wanting the church to echo that, not just around the holidays, but all the time, that it's it's okay to not be okay. We um, we mentioned the, the longest night. One of my, I feel like I say this about a lot of worship services, but one of my favorite <laughs> worship services that comes around each year, we celebrate on December 21st on the winter solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere. It's the blessing of the longest night. And it's a special space that we carve out for those who really struggle around the holidays, whether it's struggling due to grief from losing someone you love, from the death of someone you loved, where you're used to celebrating a holiday with that person and that person is no longer living, or grief from losing a job or not being able to celebrate. I think this year in 2020 in particular, I'm putting a lot of time and thought and energy into what that mm-hmm. sacred space will look like mm-hmm. because we're grieving a lot in yeah. 2020 about what we can't do. And it's one of my favorite sacred spaces. And I also wish so desperately and want so desperately for the the church, Big C, and for worshiping in religious communities to be willing and able to do the hard work of creating that space all of the time. Mm-hmm. And not just for the hour or so on the longest night of the year on December 21st, but... I think about that service and I think about how grief is amplified. And I just, I just keep, you know, you use the term expectations at the beginning. And that's what I just keep coming back to is I was, would encourage you as our listeners to think about like, what, what expectations do you have of yourself this holiday season? Like when you think about the next month or whenever you're listening to this, perhaps a few weeks, like what is expected of you? Where did that come from? And what would happen if it, if you didn't fulfill that expectation? My husband said to me not too long ago, are we going to decorate this year? Because it's just been, we're just tired. It's just been a long year. And, and I, you know, here it is in, after Thanksgiving when we normally would have decorated it. And I just said, I don't know. And you know what? We may not. And that's okay. And you may have decorated two months ago. And that's okay too. Right. Just really starting to figure out where these expectations are coming from and why we buy into them and what's valid and what isn't. And giving yourself permission. I give you permission, listener, to do whatever you need to with your decorations. Right. Do whatever you need to with, there's some bigger things. We're going to get into some of those family expectations. But, but I think the grief one is really important. And applies so many different areas. You know, you mentioned, yes, when we've lost someone to death. And we really have to think about, like, Christmas didn't exist in the time of Jesus. (laughs) Right. Christmas is not mentioned in that term, is not in the Bible. And so we have to remember we've created this. And so we have to think about how much we want to accept about what's been created around us. It's okay if this is a really hard time and you need to step away from some of the celebrations because you don't feel like celebrating or if you're grieving the loss of the way things should be. And I've got my air quotes going around should be, right. you know, if you don't have the family 
that you wanted because you've chosen to step away from that or they've chosen to exclude you for whatever reason. You may be grieving the loss of that. And that's okay too. Yeah. It it is it is a constant reminder for me around the holidays of um, inclusivity and exclusivity. Who's who is excluded by the celebration that's happening right now? You know, yeah. when um, when we call something a family family programming, is there you know is a single person a family? Mm. How do how are they included? Oh, this and is my turn to go preach. I was single for a long time in the church, and yeah, yeah it can be very very lonely to be single in the church and and how do so how do we reach out how do we reach out and make space for people to be who they who they are and who they need to be Mm -hmm. you were telling me you have this really beautiful phrase about should one of my favorite things that I say to clients quite a bit and that I teach my students is this idea that every should could be a could and if you think about that like how we say I should go see my family this Christmas. If we change that to, I could go see my family this Christmas. Like a really simple thing like that turns from an obligation or perhaps someone pointing their finger at you. You should do this, you know, with your, your or pointing the finger at yourself versus I have a choice here. I could do that. That's an option in the world. That also implies there are other options in the world. I should decorate. Everyone's decorating. I should. My house would look so pretty if I decorated. I really should decorate. Versus, I could decorate. That's an option. It's a valid option. I could celebrate in that way, or I might not. You know, I could buy gifts for everyone on my street. Versus, I should buy gifts for all my neighbors, and it just turns this obligation that just feels like this burden on our shoulder into a choice. Yeah. Feels much more empowering in that way. It also feels a little bit like what we've referenced in some of the other podcasts about the whole rules over mm. over individuality and it a, a should is this blanket thing that doesn't take into account the maybe individual circumstances of well it could be this way but it could also be this way and free taking, yourself from your shoulds yeah it's so free to realize that, right. that it doesn't have to be a that certain you have way agency right yeah and so that's yeah so what are your shoulds what are you feeling pressure to do right now what are you feeling pressure to do over the next few weeks and how what would it be like to release that that doesn't mean you have to release that and that doesn't mean that celebrations are a bad thing and that giving gifts and decorating is a bad thing it just it then it can become a celebration versus a burden and an obligation yeah if you choose to do it so when I hear you talk about uh the finger wagging and the the shoulds I think about um I'm not sure how many holiday seasons ago it was but there was a very big cultural um, bring back Merry Christmas and put the Christ in Christmas and there was something about a red cup and Starbucks and the ways in which shame is not a helpful motivator in the least but that that became a big turnoff for me of yeah, and there's nothing, you know, my, oh, wasn't it? Keep the Christ in Christmas. <laughs> we do think Please, that Jesus should be I, yeah, in Christmas. I do, I, do, <laughs> I do worship Jesus. And so I'm, that certainly wasn't about that. But the Merry Christmas thing, you, you've got your liturgical holiday soapbox. This one gets under my skin the way, you know, we talked last week about Jesus as a weapon versus Jesus through the lens of love. Yes. And how on earth did Mary effing Christmas become a weapon 
Right. That when you don't say Merry Christmas, that this makes you a bad person. Christians did this. Some Christians did this. Not all Christians did this. Yes. But it became this war in the stores, if your clerk does not say Merry Christmas, that you're supposed to say Merry Christmas back to them because they had because they happen to say Happy Holidays. How did that happen? How is that loving your neighbor? How is getting self-righteous about that and feeling persecuted because someone uses Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas? Right. And I go back to that inclusive, exclusive, <laughs> like we have a wonderful relationship with the Jewish worshiping community down the road from our church, whom we love very dearly, who really appreciate when someone says happy holidays to them, because I know that that's the exception and rather rather than the rule. Um, but why can't we just speak kindly to yeah. one another and not use it as a weapon? And, and you know who never said Merry Christmas? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus never, Jesus said, Jesus Merry never Christmas. said Merry Christmas. This is a true and story. And that doesn't mean it's bad to say Merry Christmas. It just shouldn't be used as a weapon. It shouldn't be used as a place of division yeah. between I am better than you because I say Merry Christmas and you choose not to say that. You yeah. know, that is not saying that to someone who is not a Christian, who has been hurt by the church or who has never had any interest in Christianity. That's not, oh, I better say Merry Christmas. Let me run to the church right now and understand what this Merry Christmas is about. Maybe it could draw somebody somewhere, but typically that's not how you draw people unto Jesus or yes. into church. It would be wonderful if we were all living in the world of the peanuts and we had Charlie Brown and Linus up on stage and the beautiful microphone to come on Linus while he's holding his blanket where he says, I will tell you what Christmas is all about. <laughs> that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. You know, and yes, it rails on materialism and we're doing that a little bit, but that's not the whole point of this podcast. But, you know, that is a beautiful, it's just sharing the story of Jesus. Yes. Which is not about wagging your finger at someone and saying, you did not greet me in the proper greeting for this holiday right. that Jesus never celebrated. Yes. <laughs> and the way that a Charlie Brown Christmas ends is with them all singing together. And it's that beloved community that that inclusion that's bringing everyone together. So my hope, my dream, my my U-turn for all of us for this holiday stress is how can we how can we turn the stress that we're feeling in the holidays into a way of being inclusive? Yeah. Into a way of saying if you are struggling with grief or depression or anxiety or other issues with your mental health, there's still a place for you in these celebrations even if they don't feel celebratory to you you're still held and beloved and you still have great value yeah and that you know it can be a time that is truly all those things we say it is or not but you know it can be a time of peace because you've chosen to say no to some things or it can be a time of being bright because this is what bright needs to be to you yes. this christmas yeah. and maybe next christmas that'll be different but that you felt like not the pressure to be all things to all people right. and, and let that obligation get twisted. Sorry, I got a little bit on my soapbox with the Merry Christmas. I just, you know, when we think about doing a podcast on religious abuse and mental health, how did we get to this place in our world where Merry Christmas is a weapon? Right. So moving on <laughs> from, right. from Merry Christmas. Um, so let's talk, you want to talk a little bit about family? Yes. And how family expectations. So 
So take a minute, listener, and think about your plans for for Christmas. I guess that's what we're focusing on now since we're past Thanksgiving and what you're going to do. And you know what? Many of you may have wonderfully beautiful families that you are excited to see if you're going to see them or that you're sad that you can't see because of COVID or other restrictions or something like that. And so... You know, I'm really fortunate that I'm really excited to see my family at Christmas that hopefully we'll do it in a safe, socially distanced way. Sure. But I think what happens with those of us who are fortunate to have family that we that we want to see more than once a year. So I would I would add that there may be a reason you only see some family once a year. Right. And that's <laughs> okay. That's and okay. that's okay. And um but those of us who who have relatively I mean certainly far from perfect, but relatively healthy and air quotes around healthy families. It's sometimes really hard to understand how some family systems can be really toxic and can be really unhealthy places for a lot of people. Because people who have families that they truly enjoy getting, spending time with and get encouragement from, it can be easy to say like, oh, Christmas is for family. You should go visit your family and think that they are being well-meaning and encouraging you to spend time in an environment that might be really toxic and unhealthy for you. Right. It goes back to, I think about the, you know, what, what defines a family too. How I am tremendously blessed to have um, what I call a family mm-hmm. and that I have a very deep and abiding love for people who don't share my DNA or who don't share my husband's DNA, that we're, we have a community of people, which you and your husband are very much a part of to us. Like we have our family and our people that we, we love. And that sometimes means that those are the people that we choose to be around and share important moments with. And the holidays are not just um, in terms of talking about, you know, grief and depression and anxiety. The holidays are a tough time for introverts. Let's give mm. a, a shout out to our <laughs> introverts. Um, it's not, you know, being busy all the time and that stigma around if your calendar's not full, if you're, if you're not booked all the time and busy all the time, well, what are you doing with your time? And Or you don't want to spend every minute of the day when you're home with family in the living room with said family. Right. You know, that that's a bad thing if you need a few minutes to go and take a breath. Yeah. Even though Jesus did that. Jesus went and took lots of breaths. Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus got in the boat and went to the other side and took some time to himself. Like, there were, Jesus had some introvert tendencies that I would like to <laughs> lift up and amplify for for everybody. But yeah, that this, this idea of Everything has to be a certain way. I think about folks that I know who feel like back to your should narrative. My grandmother is only going to be around for so many more Christmases. So I need to go. I should go spend this holiday with this family or um, trying to figure out, oh, well, my mother did. So I know this was a narrative that my spouse and I used many, many times. My mother has done so much for me and all she wants for Christmas is for us all to be together. So yeah. And if you choose to do that, that's not a bad thing. Right. Like that can come from a place of love that can come from, you know, it's not wrong to recognize what will make some other people happy. And because we care about these people and we want to to do that, it's not wrong to pile in the car and drive for 17 hours. Yes. It's just if that has 
if you're piling in the car and driving for 17 hours to a toxic environment that has, that you're only going there out of guilt and you know that you're going to leave with your self-worth in the cellar and you know that's different right. from like oh this isn't exactly fun but this means a lot to this person and I want to do it for right. this person versus doing this because I love I'm going to sacrifice my mental health exactly. for this person exactly and that's you that's where we want you to start thinking about that distinction yeah uh, well to me that sounds like like such a should could hmm. i should go i'm guilty i'm I'm going to feel awful about myself. I could go. I want to do this for this person. I want to. Um, all of this should, could makes me think a little bit about love languages and the ways in which Dr. Gary Chapman, mm-hmm. who writes about how there are five lang- love languages and the ways in which we receive love and the ways in which we show love. And sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's different. But help me out, Paula. There's... There's quality time, quality time, words of affirmation, physical gifts. touch, acts of service, and, and gifts. gifts. And different people understand love in different ways. Yeah. And so if we if we make this 17-hour trip because we want to show love so we can spend quality time or we can do this act of service um, in the same way if we use our finances to buy gifts so we can give people things if we use our time to put together acts of service to show someone love that seems so much more like a could than a should yeah and i i love the concept of the five love languages um so if you're not familiar with that you can i think there's a place online where you can take the test for free and see what your love language is yeah we'll throw a link on our website yeah and in the show notes for this as well with that in there and so the idea that you receive love and show love in a certain way and if you have a family member or a partner or a friend or a coworker even that that has a different way that they show and receive love it's like you're speaking two different languages and you may not realize it you know i always use the example of, of me and my husband we have very different love languages and, and we really had to work at this he is an acts of service he likes to love through cooking through cleaning and i'm believe me i know how fortunate i am for that through doing things and i am a words of affirmation kind of person and so if i come home from a hard day and i just want to talk and have him reassure me about something but he's in the throes of cooking dinner and that's how he is showing me love but I am not feeling it in that moment because he's not paying attention to me. Sure. <laughs> because I'm not getting my words of affirmation in that moment. It's like we're speaking two different languages. And Christmas, I think, is just a place where, yes, all of these can be amplified and people can be speaking so many different languages. You know, like if gifts is your love language and gifts, and that's not a materialistic kind of thing. It's not, you have to give me a thousand dollar gift. It's the idea of, I think that might be one of your love languages, yes. Jill. Describe it. Well, it's those of us who have a love language of gift giving or gift receiving, Are we are not materialistic and shallow. It's the act of thinking about who someone is and crafting something. Uh, you know, I'm here in this grocery store and I saw this and it made me think of you. You're on my mind. You're in my heart. I want to give you something. I want to give of my resources. So it's a very relational. Yeah, it's the thought behind it. Yes. Truly. Like it really, yes. we use that phrase a lot, but it really is the meaning, a tangible meaning. Yes. That is more helpful. Yeah. But if that's your love language, 
and then your family says, we're not going to do gifts anymore. We're just going to spend time together. You know, that that can feel like a gut punch because yeah. all of a sudden you're going, okay, I like spending time with people, but that's not my main way that I show and receive love. Right. You know, or, you know, words of affirmation can be through a beautiful card. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're not sending cards anymore. Things like that. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that's, I think, yeah, that's an important thing to realize that people's demands of the holidays, we typically think through our own lens and, and sometimes have trouble realizing that somebody else has a different way that they may want to relate to us. Right. And to sort of provide some space there. And some of that could go through, you know, how do we hold our boundaries and how do we communicate around those things? Um, when we're with family, is there this very strong need for everything to be this pristine joyful everything's fine everything's okay and we're not going to talk about this person's struggle with mental health and we're not going to talk about this person's they lost their job and and they're not they're really struggling to make ends meet and we're not going to talk about the things that are not okay because everything needs to be fine because Mm -hmm. we have to be our shiny perfect things and there's not space to not be okay. In the same way that on, on in a Christmas Eve church service, everyone's supposed to come walking in on their Sunday best, Christmas Eve best, you know, get your Christmas Eve dress. Or um, we hear about Easter dresses all the time. Yeah. Like you have to come dressed to impress and put on the show that everything yeah. is okay when it's really okay for it not to be okay. It's just, it's exhausting to have yeah. to be in performance mode yes. all the time. Yeah, And so, so think about maybe how that is coming up for you with your family interactions or with whatever else you're struggling with this time. Um, but you know, when, when we think about family and we go back to family expectations, so what is your family expecting of you? What is healthy for you this Christmas? Is it okay for you to say no? You know, when I tried to think about this from a biblical perspective and really put it in that world, I wanted to hear your thoughts, Jill, on the the commandment to honor your mother and father and how that, I think, gets manipulated quite a bit. That's used, can, that lens of a weapon versus a lens of love. Yeah. Um, you know, it's easy for me to do because I have wonderful parents who have shown me unconditional love and who I want who like it's an honor to honor them right. and then there are plenty of situations of people who don't have parents that were shown that and yet this commandment can be thrown around by Christian parents or other Christian family members of you know you have to do everything I say because you're supposed to honor me in this way mm-hmm. and so I just wanted your theological take on that like what does that mean to set boundaries with parents that are maybe sometimes hard to honor? Well, I definitely think that when we look really at that particular portion of the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, the Torah, so um, Jesus actually isn't isn't in all this. Actually, Jesus says some interesting things about mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and families uh, and the way that we think about it. But the, the commandment in the Torah to honor your father and mother is about the uh it's one of the 10 commandments and the commandments are were not given to be exclusive hmm. they were given to be inclusive god spoke through moses to help the people of israel who were stuck in the wilderness at that point in time and had been there for a really long time help so that they could better be the people of god 
And so when we extract something from that context, um, nerd alert, that's called proof texting, where we don't look at what comes before or what comes after or the context of what is going on at the time. And so anytime that scripture is weaponized, well, the Bible says you have to do this. Like, if you really loved me, you would do X, Y, Z. I feel like that's another way of, of looking at things. And, and honoring our parents, I think, has to do a lot with being our genuine and authentic selves. And if being our genuine and authentic selves means that we have to say no or I can't or, or put some boundaries around that, I think about how hard it must be for our siblings in the LGBTQIA plus community whose families are not affirming of their identities, for our siblings who might not fit a, a cisgender or a heteronormative narrative who feel as though their families are not a safe place to go. How how can they fulfill that commandment? I think thinking about how they fulfill the commandment maybe gets away from the point that God gave these commandments to help us better be the beloved community. And so maybe honor thy father and mother is not saying to a transgender teen, you have to do what your parents say, but you can be respectful of them while distancing yourself and from And sometimes them. the most respectful thing is to distance yourself. Yes, yes. It, to, to not be harmful or aggressively anti against something, but also to, 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 to value that. And, and maybe your father and your mother that you're honoring are not necessarily the people whose DNA that you share, but the people mm. who are serving those roles. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, an important part, too. Yeah. And that it doesn't necessarily just need to be your father and mother. That family expectation is so big around the holidays and the should, 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 when it could be a choice. Yeah. It could be, you know, when wouldn't you so much rather it be a choice that people are wanting to come and be with you, that people are wanting to give you these gifts, that people are wanting to come and share this time with you than doing it out of obligation. Yeah, and to, you know, I think when, when this gets abused or at least harmful is, you know, this idea that saying no is dishonoring. Just because your mom, your toxic, unhealthy, narcissistic mom says that, doesn't make I'm saying you generally not either one of us <laughs> but just because that this mom might say that doesn't make it true like doesn't mean that you saying you setting this boundary is dishonoring to me that doesn't necessarily make it true you can still honor someone and set boundaries with someone yeah sometimes that is honoring them yes and so that doesn't mean that they're gonna like it that doesn't mean that you're gonna get the that they're gonna say oh yay you know I I appreciate that you did that but one of my favorite, I don't know if it's a quote or a concept, but, you know, if, if you set boundaries with someone and they get upset, that really should reinforce the fact that you needed you to set, set a boundary. boundary. Um, because like I, I really love and appreciate it when my friends say, no, I cannot do this thing that you're asking me to do. Because that tells me they feel safe enough with me to say no and that I can ask them again and trust that if they say yes, they really can do or they want to spend this time with me or they can do this favor for me because they felt safe enough to say no. Yeah. And so maybe when you're thinking about obligations and expectations, 
expand the idea of what honor might mean and stand for. Yeah. So you, you just mentioned trust. So I want to dig into that a little bit more. So how do we understand this concept of trust around the holidays of, mm. of where it's safe to trust, where it might not be safe to trust? How do we, who are we trusting? How are we trusting? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because if you've never said no to someone or if you've said no and it became a big dramatic deal, then it's, then you can't trust that it's okay for you to say no again like that kind of breaks that trust that you have the autonomy to make these choices right um or you know can you trust this relationship to be a healthy relationship for you or were you thinking of other things too well so the place where my mind goes is the trust that there will be space for you Mm -hmm. um trusting that the that our congregational family is going to be okay with me crying when a certain hymn is played Mm -hmm. because it makes me miss my mom. Yeah. Or um, that. And that doesn't make you less of a pastor. That doesn't make you less of a leader. Yeah. That makes you human. Right. Or that there are, are single people in our church family who can trust that there is space for them to come and be their genuine and authentic selves and that there's not this expectation that they need to have a date or a plus one or to figure things out. And they will be loved and accepted and not feel weird or alone or side-eyed like I did in many churches through the years um, when I was alone in those churches. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but the thing about trust is it can be broken so easily Mm -hmm. and it often has to be built, you know, um, once, once it's broken, it's very hard to rebuild. And, and wanting to find a way, I I think I go back to this idea that the church, Big C, has broken trust for a lot of people because mm. the church is supposed to be this safe place for for you to come and for you to go. And and whether that is came from a from a leader or from the congregation or from from the way that scripture or theology was twisted, that this trust was broken and it somehow became less of a safe place. And and so maybe the drive behind this particular episode is that 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 we do have work to rebuild this trust that there's there's space for you and that you can trust that it's it's going to be safe and that that you will be valued as you are even if as you are is feeling grieved or broken or anxious Mm -hmm. or fearful and when we say space for you that might not be the space that you're currently looking at or the space that you're current, like we don't want to be Pollyanna that this can happen anywhere. Like right. it, what we are saying is that there are spaces where there is space for you. Yeah. And that it's worth seeking. If that's something you want, it's worth seeking that out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe this community of listeners, maybe this is the space that's being created where it's okay to not be okay, where you are beloved as you are. And you're beloved when you have boundaries and you're beloved when you say no and you're beloved when you buy presents and when you don't and when you decorate and when you don't. You're beloved, you're beloved, you're beloved, you're beloved. Amen. And think about what is truly meaningful for you or figure out what's, you may not even know, figure out what's truly meaningful to you and then invest in that. Um, And if other people, if other people are not completely on board with that, then you have to 
we're not not only be okay with you not being okay, be okay with other people not being okay with everything. Right. That that it's okay to disappoint people sometimes if you need to do that for your own mental health. Yes. And I'm kind of amazed that we've gotten this far and we haven't really talked about COVID a lot. Um, so we just, for people who are listening to this not long after it comes out in 2020, we recognize that the, that COVID amps up all of this, especially the family stuff. You know, if yeah. you are someone who is taking it a little bit more seriously and using a lot of precautions and you have family members that are pressuring you to spend time with them and shaming you for wanting to to distance yourself if you need to um, know that we recognize, yeah, that that makes a lot of what we're talking about harder. We're actually going to spend a lot of time in our next episode talking. Didn't we decide that's our next episode? Our next episode is going to be about COVID and the stresses of the pandemic. And the ways that the church can really twist this idea of faith over fear and God's healing and making you well. And so, so that is going to come up quite a bit more. And we also recognize this, that really overlays everything that we've been talking about as well. Uh, We love interacting with you and we would love to interact with you more. If you have holiday stress stories, if you have thoughts or things to share, suggestions, as we prepare for upcoming episodes, uh, tell us how, how you're being impacted by the pandemic, how COVID is Uh, impacting your mental health is impacting your spiritual health yeah and we're also planning new upcoming episodes on feedback that we've received from some of you so far so that's always great when we hear what you want to hear so so please yeah find us on social media we're on facebook and instagram at sacred intersections podcast we're on twitter at sacred pod Um, we have a new website that's tell me because Jill is working on this. Yeah, sacredintersectionspodcast.com. Dot com. We may even have some merch on there if you're just dying to have a t shirt that right. says radical hospitality or love um, or sacred intersections, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. We also want to say thank you so much to our associate producer, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Who uh, helped us with our sound optimization and does a lot of our editing for us so we're really grateful and we love you a whole lot thanks andrew thank you andrew we mentioned we have some great messages we've also been overwhelmed with those of you who've shared this with lots of people so please if you've heard something that you think might be helpful or healing or just even a discussion prompt for someone else you know again we've said many times you may disagree with us and that's totally okay absolutely We've heard from some people that they may use this podcast as a discussion prompt for maybe some small Zoom groups that their church is doing. And and that's the, the best thing we can hear is that it's creating discussion, not necessarily agreement, but just right. thoughtful reflection. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so if you're getting something out of it and want to share with other people, that would be awesome. Yes. Um, if you yeah. want to help us promote things, you could leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. That's a, a great way to help, and we appreciate that. And I know that we've become that podcast now, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. Yep. So please let us know your thoughts and safe travels through all your sacred intersections this week.